Welcome to this episode of Catching Knowledge, where we want more than just fishing knowledge, we want catching knowledge. Today's episode, we get to talk with someone who works inside my school building. Mr. Clark knows a lot about fishing, and he showed me the basics of fly tying. I also recently found out he pours his own bass jigs. He was nice enough to give me a few. He has even let me use some of his equipment when I'm stuck at school, since my mom is a teacher, and she often has to do work at school. I'm excited to interview him. Today, I'd like to welcome Mr. Darren Clark to this episode of Catchy Knowledge. Mr. Clark has helped me a lot with fishing. He has given me countless catalogs, showed me how to tie flies, and he let me use his supplies to tie flies, and he is a lot. He's talked to me a lot about fishing. I'm excited to have him on. Welcome, Mr. Clark. How you doing, Micah? I'm doing good. Let's get to the questions. How and where did you start fishing? Well, I started probably later in life. My dad never really took me fishing. My dad can't swim, so he's afraid of the water. So I kind of had to teach myself how to fish. I got a fishing pole when I was a kid. Did a little bit with my grandparents camping, but I fell in love with it. Something that you can do by yourself. You just go out and beat the water for eight to ten hours. You catch something, you catch something, you don't, you don't. That's basically it. You tie flies, and you're really good at it. Can you tell us how you got into that? Just like anybody else, I go through the shields or cabelos and start looking at flies and say, man, I don't want to pay $3 for a fly. So I just started one day, and, and next thing you know, I grew to what I have. Now I wish I would have bought flies instead of paid for it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching kids. I taught my son's scouting group, the fly tying merit badge. So anything that has to do with fishing, I enjoy it. It's my passion. It's my love. You're our first person who pours jigs. Can you walk us through the steps? It's not a cheap hobby. Well, I'll start with that. First, you get a catalog, your Bass Pro, your Shields. I go through Barlow's, South of Texas. You're looking to start up easily three to $400, depends on what you want. Let me start with some safety things when you do this. You'll need gloves, safety glasses, a big open area with a lot of ventilation because you are dealing with lead and lead is poisonous. You'll need your pliers. You'll need a file. Some people use spoons, a wet pot. Some people use cast iron, just uh, something simple. I didn't do it that way. I paid a little bit extra. So I have a 10-pound pot that I pour out of. It's got a spout at the bottom with a little lever off the side. And then your lead, of course. And then you basically pick out what mold you want. That's basically it for tools and safety-wise. And then you start pouring. Before we get into the pouring part, what kinds of molds do you have? I have quite a few molds, some just to make a round ball with no collar, some to make jigs, some to make chatterbaits, some to make spinnerbaits. I can do it all, but my passion when I started was jig making. I started off with a poison jig and a round ball jig. Poison jig is to swim with. The round ball jig is basically a brush, wood, timber, rocks. One more question before we keep going. Where do you get the lead? You can either buy it from the store, which is considered a soft lead, or some people I know buy big, gigantic weights and melt them down for that. That's also soft. Myself, I use your weights from your tires. They're harder lead. Some tire places will allow you to take their old lead. Just bring in a bucket and they'll fill buckets, and that's your free, sometimes free lead. Okay, let's move on to pouring these jigs. All right, 
first off, turn on your wet pot. It's got to be as high as you can get it, about 350, 400 degrees. You're basically going to plug it into the wall, walk away for 20 minutes, come back. Your lead's all going to be soft, ready to flow. Take an old spoon. When I do my wheel weights, they have a coating on them, and that coating floats to the top. So I take a spoon, scoop my top off so all my lead's clean, and you're ready to pour. So you pick your hook, put it in your mold. You put your weed guard in the mold. You close it up. It's got to seal tight. No gaps at the top. You start pouring. About five minutes later, it's ready to come out of the mold. At the top of the mold is going to be a big chunk of lead is extra. So you take your pliers, bend it over. I built a homemade rack uh, hanging on the rack. Let it finish cooling off. And then later on, I'll take a file and flatten. There's going to be like, like a little nub that sticks out of the jig. You take a file and flatten that out. And then you're basically done with pouring. How many jigs do you make at a time? I pour, I'll pour probably 30 jigs at a time because that's how bad I lose them. When you're done pouring and the jigs are cool, what do you do next? Then you get to step two to paint it. When you start painting your jig heads, you paint a coat of white. It's your base coat. I do two base coats. You don't have to. You can get away with it one. Main colors, I do either black, brown, and a watermelon. And I'll do two coats of black. It dries pretty quick. About 10, 15 minutes, it's dry. But don't do it in the summertime. It's vinyl. It gets sticky. Do it in the spring when it's cool or in the fall when it's cool. And then after you get your paint done, then you start putting your clear on. I paint it with a brush because I can add different colors of glitter. My brown jigs, I put purple glitter on it, do purple eyes on it, and that's basically it. My black, I do red glitter bottom with blue glitter on the sides. My watermelon, I do a silver up by the hook and green and paint my eyes. Then I'll put three coats of finish on it, then I'm good. Then you go into making your skirts, and that's a whole different ball game. How long does the whole process take? I usually wait when I do my paints. I wait 24 to 48 hours. You don't have to, but I do. Uh, so it takes me a little bit longer to do it. You can do a jig start to finish in probably two days. Me, it takes a week to do probably 10 jigs. Do you sell them? No, I do not. I didn't get in this hobby to sell. I got in this hobby about 15 years ago. I was in a bass club. I was going through way too much jig and a buddy of mine and kind of went in together and bought all the supplies. Him and I started off and then we kind of parted ways and then I kind of ended up with everything at the end. What is your favorite part of fishing? Honestly, trying to figure out what the fish are doing. I've learned over the years that you go out and figure out what they want, where they're at. Are they shallow, deep? And if you go out and you don't catch anything, that's fine. Do you have any favorite fishing stories or experiences? I did catch my first four-pound bass this year, so I was pretty tickled to death with that. But every fishing that I do is a challenge, whether I've been on the lake one time or a hundred times. Bass fishing is fishing. It's not like a bluegill where you can go out and put a worm and a bobber and catch 20 of them. I like it because bass fishing is something that I started off with. Do you ever use frogs to fish for bass? Sometimes, but I'd rather use a rat. A Livingston rat. What? It's a rat that floats. Tell me about this rat. 
basically molded like a frog is, but instead of two skirt legs, it's got a big long tail at the end of it. Why would bass eat a rat? Rats don't even live in lakes. Rats swim across the lake, so... What? Yep. They don't live in the water like a frog does, but they'll swim. Do you fish frozen weeds or open water? Both. I'll fish it around timber. I'll fish it in grass, marshy areas. Any place where you can throw a frog, I can fish for rat. I had no idea. Where did you catch that four-pound bass at? <laughs> it's a public lake here in Omaha. It's called Flanagan Lake. Caught it early spring on a chatterbait. I didn't know they were that big in Flanagan. Well, there are some big ones in there. Mainly this year, I've been catching two, two and a half on a consistent basis. That's pretty good. Do you have any advice for me as a young fisherman? Keep it simple. Very, very simple. What do you mean by keep it simple? Keep it simple. Don't go beyond your pocketbook. I've learned over the years that uh, everything's gotten expensive from the reels to the pools to the fishing line to the lures. Keep it simple. You fish from the shore. I spent many years fishing from the shore. When you fish from the shore, you're fishing worms. Anything that if you get snagged, you can break off, and it's not spending huge amount of money like a crankbait or spinnerbait. Keeping it simple is just going, throwing a few things in a bag and going fishing. Learn how it works. You're fishing a six-inch worm. Does that bass want it slow? Does he want it fast? Or does he want it off the bottom? Does he want it dragged? Does he want it higher up on top? Just keep it simple. Don't go... By Buying the next biggest thing. It may work and it may not. Just keep it simple. From the rods to the line to the tackle. Now I have a boat. Now I can fish a crankbait or the more expensive stuff. So if I get stuck, I can go fetch it, get it back, retrieve it. But yeah, when I was fishing shore, I just kept it six inch worm, multiple colors, a hook, and a weight. And if I lost it, I lose it. And then I just retie on and go. Do you have any tips or tricks you like to use while fishing? This could be a technique or a piece of equipment. No, I just go fish. Whether I catch fish or not, I just enjoy fishing. It's my passion, something I can do by myself. All right, time for some rapid fire questions. We should be quick. Braid or mono? Braid. Jig pouring or fly tying? It's a toss up. Favorite fish to eat? Crappie. Favorite lake in Omaha to fish? Don't have one. Bank or boat? Boat. Favorite people to go fishing with? My boys. Two sons, right? Three. Well, three boys, but only two of them fish with me. All right, time for our last question. If you could go anywhere in the world, what would your dream catch be? Probably some of the big Texas lakes, catching big 10 to 15-pound bass. Or Mexico has a big lake out there that averages anywhere between... 12 to 15 pound bass. I'm a bass fisherman at heart. Some people like to go deep sea fishing and catching marlins and stuff like that. Not me. I'd rather go catch a 10 pound bass that way. It's on my bucket list. Someday I'll get there. That's on my bucket list too. Thanks for coming on today. It was my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of Catching Knowledge. Maybe you could subscribe or leave a review. For those of you who have subscribed, I'd like to say thanks. And I like to read your reviews too. Thank you again for your support and kind words about this podcast. One last big thanks to Mr. Clark for coming on today. Good news, this won't be my last conversation about fishing with him. Thanks for listening.
See you next time on Catchy Knowledge. Thank <laughs> you.